your beats and pie hits to the moon like your eye that's amore when you've had too much wine that's amore bells when the moon hits your bigger beats and pie like your eye that's amore Manja, welcome to Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era. I'm your Nana Roy, Nana Roy, and I am once again going caving with a friend today. Oh. <laughs> I'm gigalithic. Hey. I'm, hey. I'm your good, good cave buddy. Cave buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the yeah. cave. We're friend of the cave. Friend of the cave. We're 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 going back down into ta- Ted's Taves Tedding page. Taves Tedding page. I'm tapping Taves Tedding page. Yeah. I get oh wait, I get Taves Teddy Bear Picnic in the honor results. We got Taves Teddy Bear Picnic on Ticket Spice. <laughs> um uh, registration is now closed, unfortunately. Oh. But uh, if you were to attend, you could get apple cider slushies, Ooh. mini donuts, goat feed, and a oh. pound of strawberries. Ooh. I know. I like a pound of strawberries. It's at Tay's Family Farms. Delicious. Okay. Yeah. But what we're really here for is is something much less wholesome. Uh, much less wholesome. Yeah, we're we're here to finish off Ted's caving page. Hopefully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, depending on how long it actually is, I. I think we'll do it. I think we can we're do not. it. I believe we're, in us. Do you remember where we were? I think we were on the. Uh, so the the link at the bottom of the page that we finished says success, and then okay. so the page we're starting is on April seventh, two thousand one, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Damn. Well, pre pre nine eleven history. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I know. Yep. Just before the national tragedy hit. Mm-hmm. Of, I think we made this joke the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it stands uh, to be made a second time. <laughs> The the national trauma that came from Ted's mysterious disappearance in this cave. <laughs> yeah, there's two things happened in two, in the year two thousand one. There was nine eleven, and there was Ted going missing in his funny cave. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so once again we have. Do you want to uh, do you want to go uh, just swap off paragraphs like we were yeah, doing last maybe, time? Maybe the whooshing sound that he heard in the cave was a Boeing seven <laughs> There are famously pictures on this website of Ted popping his head up out of the cave, and there's a, f- a plane coming up behind him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? I'll start. All right, let's go. Prior to going back out to Mystery Cave again, we spent a lot of time preparing. We made a squeeze box, which is an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a wooden box, the opening of which can be adjusted in size. Ted and Ted and B are going to become, uh, they might be giants. Yeah, yeah. They might, Ted might be cave. <laughs> no. no. We could then crawl through the opening and measure to see how tight the squeeze we could, how tight of a squeeze we could fit through. From that, we were able to determine that I needed about eight inches in height to get through the smallest portion of Floyd's tomb. That meant that we would uh, have to scrape out about an inch from the floor of the passage. He also learned that the best position I would need to be, I would need to get through the passage would be on my stomach with my arms by my side 
and of course my head would be turned one way or the other. That position allowed my shoulder blades to drop to their lowest point. In order to move, I would push forward or backward with my toes. It sounds difficult, but felt adequate. Later, it proved to work sufficiently. This man and his toes. I was listening to the to the last episode to try to remember where we were, and like I just randomly clicked on a spot towards the kind of the end of the reading, and it was some part about him pushing himself around with his toes. Yeah, toes caving page. Toes. Yeah, Ted's, <laughs> Ted's footing page. <laughs> the second thing we did to prepare was to construct was to construct the tools we invented to work within the cave. Uh, I came up with a clever way to chip away inside of the passage without having to climb inside. I had my neighbor weld together several lengths of steel pipe in a manner that would allow us to take it apart while we climbed down to the tomb, but still have enough, but still have the strength necessary to hold up a, to hold up to a blow from a hammer once it was together. Jesus. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> we made our own tips that we could screw into our pipe to reach the area we needed to work on. B came up with a cool design for a scraper using angle iron. He had his neighbor welded together. These guys and their neighbors be welding, damn. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, don't you, you, you definitely have a neighbor with a welder, right? I, I, don't, who doesn't? Yeah. It proved to be an invaluable tool for scraping and removing the rock. We were both proud of our inventions. I, made a, I also made a device to hold my drill that attached to our pipe. We ended up not using it since B's scraper device worked so well. Oh, we get a picture. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Here's a yeah, here's a picture of B. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's got a mustache. And he's smiling. <laughs> he's Cute. having such a good time. This is, the description says, here's a picture of B. Edit and protect his identity with the pipe we made. I took the picture facing away from the tomb. He is sitting on a rope bag that we used as a bed. Behind him, to his left, is the passage that leads down to the still water. Behind him, to his right, is the last drop-off before the passage. You can see some orange webbing we used to climb uh, down and up. I took an oath. I took an oath. (laughs) I made a vow. I would not leave the cave until I had made it through the passage, conquered Floyd's tomb. This would be the trip. It It had been a long time since we had been out to the mystery. We had been busy, though. We had made the tools we had talked about. It was fun coming up with ideas for tools. We made, we also, we made a squeeze box to determine the best technique for getting through the tight spot. Plus, we knew about how much rock we needed to remove before we could get through. <laughs> There's something very good to me about reading the words, it was fun coming up with ideas for tools in like a Metal Gear Big Boss voice. It was fun coming up with ideas for tools. Uh we were excited to get back out to the cave to finish our project. Our climb down to the passage took a little bit longer than usual since we had extra tools to carry. Once we got down to the passage, we immediately got to work using B's scraping tool with the pipe I had made. It worked like a charm. We could hammer with the pipe on one end and the scraping tool on the other and the scraping tool on the other end dug into the rock. Then we could push the debris all the way and all the way through the passage and out of our way. When we needed to measure our progress, we would turn the scraper sideways in the passage and observe the clearance. Have you seen the, um, the, uh, in Metal Gear Solid 4, when the snake crawls very slowly, he does kind of like this little worm motion? Uh, I wish I had a, like, I, I wish I had, like, a video of it. It's so funny. Well, the like, first, the, the, the first video result that, co- or the very first result of anything that comes up when I, when I Google snake crawl MGS4 is a video that just says MGS4 snake's ass. Yeah. That's- <laughs> 
pretty good. That old man has a fucking... He's caked up. He's caked up! We worked for about two hours before I had the desire to try the tomb. I just wanted to make sure I was going to make it through on the first try. B made one more sweep of the passage floor, clearing any loose rocks from where I would be crawling, and pushing the wall we had made... Uh, pushing the wall we had made to the back of the squeeze. I made preparations for the crawl by fashioning a duct tape, by fashioning duct tape suspenders to prevent my shirt from sliding around while sliding across the rock. That's really cute. (laughs) Yeah. I went with a flashlight in my hand, even though my hand would be at my side. I knew that I would need it once I got through. As an expression of faith, I did not tie any, a a rope, I did not tie a, As an expression of faith, I did not tie her up to my feet. I was confident I was going to make it. Finally, I made the attempt. Although I didn't mention it in my journal, we did notice the breeze was back and the rumbling present. Since we didn't do any work to the entrance, I had to go through the same dance routine to even enter the passage. Once I got my upper body through the hole, I shined the flashlight ahead of me to work out a plan of attack. The passage didn't seem any bigger than the last time I was there, but most of the work was done deeper in the squeeze. I paused for a few minutes, then twisted my hips to get my lower body in. I slowly inched forward as my entire body slowly filled the passage. Before I was completely in, I got into position for the push. I dropped both of my hands to my side and turned my head to the right. Then I began to inch forward. Here we go with the the claustrophobia again. Yeah, right into it. Right into it. (laughs) Right off the bat. Once my toes were inside the cave, I used them to push forward. Mr. Toes. Let's go. To keep keep from scraping my body, I would walk using my shoulder is, knee is, and toes. (laughs) Progress was slow but steady. That was fine by me. A foot or two before the tight spot, I could already tell there was a little more room. Even... even so, I began to touch the roof with the passage. Blah, blah, blah. Even so, I began to touch the roof of the passage with my back. This time, however, I was able to continue moving forward. I reached the lowest point in the passage, and I could tell it was still going to be tricky. Even with the work we had done clearing out the loose rocks, I still felt sharp pebbles rolling under my chest as I slid along. Mm, even like with it. your even with your duct tape suspenders, oh no! Yeah, I know. It's the shirt. It doesn't provide much protection from the pebble. Yeah, unfortunately. Make yourself mm-hmm. a duct tape undershirt, maybe. Yeah. No, that made you too thick. Yeah. He can't, he, he can't be a thick boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got spil- to be svelte. Yeah. When I could feel my back brushing the top of the passage in several pa- places, I reverted to my technique of exhaling. Before I began, however, I took a minute to lay there in the passage. I could see the glow of B's flashlight as the rays of light managed to squeeze past my body. I could feel the cool breeze evaporate the drops of dirty sweat on my forehead. I could feel a thousand sharp edges dig into the surface of my skin. I felt the twinge of excitement as I realized that the goal we had set out to achieve weeks ago was about to be realized. This thought alone made me want to keep moving, not matter not matter how <laughs> tight the passage became. I breathed in and out rapidly in few mo- for a few moments, then began. Exhale. Scoot! Stop to catch my breath. Repeat. <laughs> He's scooting. After I'll have to take the next two. All right, yeah. After just a few inches of scooting, I could raise my head off the floor of the squeeze and tell that the passage was beginning to open up. I relayed this information to B, and we both took a few seconds to celebrate. During the rest of the slide through the passage, B was cheering me on. Virgin passage and Neil Armstrong. And Neil Yar. Armstrong territory were the phrases he kept repeating. I was grinning ear to ear. Even though the passage was beginning to get larger, it was still slow going. 
I had to continue scooting along for another foot and a half before I could slide my arms underneath me to use them to crawl. At that point, I felt my journey was essentially over. I was able to sit up slightly and move the rock wall we had erected several trips ago. Those rocks served as a somber reminder that a little caution would be wise. He's wise I posting. Yeah. yeah, wise posting. Yeah. Mm. Benevolent. Benevolent. <laughs> Ted face. Yeah. I shouted back to B that I was through. We both took a moment to congratulate ourselves on our success. B would likely never be able to squeeze through the passage and see what I was seeing, so I gave him a description of what the cave looked like. At this point, I only had my mini-mag, so I c- could not see very far into the passage. The end of the passage made a gentle right turn and seemed to go for a ways. I was unable to do anything at this point but sit through the size of the passage. All of the broken rocks we had pushed through Floyd's tomb were around me at this point. There were no other signs of human intrusion. I had to wait until B passed me my helmet light to get a better feel for the cave. B used the pole we made to slide me the end of a rope. Then I was able to pull all of my gear through the squeeze. The first thing he sent through was my helmet and light. After I got the light fired up, I was able to see our new section of cave. Ours. Oh, it's theirs. It's theirs. It's It's theirs. (laughs) Oh, this is our cave. Yeah. (laughs) It was an exciting experience to see the results of hours of hard work over the course of several weeks. At this point, we still had no idea what the cave had to offer. The only thing I could see was the passage immediately following the squeeze. It was a narrow passage with a low ceiling. I would easily be able to get through it, but I would have to crawl. I began taking pictures so I could show B. We get another picture. First section of the new passage. I was almost laying down since the passage was so small. My feet are extended in front of me, as you can see. Notice the broken rock on the floor of the cave. The passage looks like a dead end, but it turns gently to the right near the end. Yeah, that's his foot. (laughs) It's it's so small. It's so fucking narrow. God. Uh, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like like it. The placement of his I, foot in this photo is really funny, but, like, yeah. it's the rest of it is bad. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's good. Like, it's it's, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I asked B how far he thought I should venture into the new cave. In the light of the strange events that had occurred. For the first time, he, too, toned down his enthusiasm as he remembered the noises. He slid the pipe through the tomb with the loosened tip on the end. He said I could use it as a weapon if I ran into an animal, or dot 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 question mark. He also told me to make sure we could hear each other as I progressed into the cave. Even though we were at least thinking of the possibility of running into trouble, we never really considered the fact that if I got into trouble, B would never be able to rescue me, and in fact, no one would be able to get to me for many hours. If I were in serious trouble, as in hurt, there is no way anyone would be able to get to me in time. But, symbolic of the whole experience, we were focused on our goal, and not the potential dangers we faced. So far, we had dodged the proverbial bullet. So far. I strapped on my gloves and knee pads, grabbed my camera, and began my adventure. I crawled through the passage, pictured above, which which was about 20 feet long. At the end, the crawl of the cave bent slightly to the right. I would have to climb up a gentle slope, but then I would be able to stand by the end of the next section of the cave. The next section was about 40 feet long. In addition to having a higher ceiling, the walls were a little wider than the section I had just crawled through. Both sections were relatively straight. <laughs> I, I'm trying to make a joke about it, and I'm not coming up with They're something. They're gay! They're gay! They're pointing They're in, g- in a direction, arbitrary direction. What if direction, two gay theory. guys were in a cave? Wouldn't that be <laughs> fucked up? What if there were two gay guys in a cave? I believe One in them. had a gun. The floor was covered... The floor was covered a rock which crunched as I crawled and then walked across it. 
The walls were basically the same as much of Mystery Cave, except pristine. It was obvious no one had been there before me. Upon closer examination of the walls, I found two delicate types of formations. The first resembled several chunks of grated cheese tied together on one end, with the rest of the cheese just flopping down. The oh, second- I love the cheese flopping down. <laughs> I love when cheese be flopping. The second formation was just tiny strands of rock thinner than human hair. It looked pretty cool. I found several examples of both kinds of formations. I was not even through the second section of the cave, and I could barely hear B. Cave passages are not very acoustically friendly. Famously. Famously. I shouted to him that I would go for one half hour, then return. He said that w- he said that would be fine, and to be careful. Then I proceeded to explore some more. I could walk nearly upright at this point. Motherfuckers need to get some walkie-talkies. Yeah, damn. I was on the third straight section of the cave when I discovered a crystal formation to the wall on the wall to my right. It was in several layers of the wall, resembling clear candle wax that was allowed to melt and drip down the wall. There were several small stalactite-looking formations formed by these crystals. We'll see about that, Kate. Ted, <laughs> you so we see what you know about stalactites and stalagmites. <laughs> the longest was about four inches in length. There would have been one much longer, judging by the size of the base, but it had broken off. I looked to see if I could locate where it ended up, but I couldn't find it. And here's another photo. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, it does look like crystal. Yeah, definitely looks like there's a cave there. Looks like it, it looks says, like a photo of inside of a cave. I'll yeah, tell you. Hyperlink says the crystal formations are right behind the rock in the upper right-hand corner of the photo. I couldn't. I could walk upright, but stoop on occasions. I like ducking under that rock. I like that little... I like ducking under that rock. (laughs) The passages continued on for another 100 feet or so before the cave opened up a little. It was at the end of a short, straight segment of the cave. At the very end of the segment, the cave made a bend to the left and opened up into a room. Just at the point where the room began, there was a round rock that appeared to be leaning against the wall. Leaning just chilling. Yeah. This seemed odd, but singular formations are common in caves, so it is by no means unique. I had crawled and stepped over several large chunks of rock that fell down from the ceiling, but this one was more round than the others. Once past the rock, the room opened up to a height of about 15 feet. It was about 15 feet in width and about 30 feet in length. At the far end of the room, there was another passage leading straight out. Oh, bit the rock! Big round! Big round rock. As I entered the room, I had an eerie feeling. It was like the old saying that I felt like I was being watched. That was a that's a very creepy pasta sentence, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, once again, the excitement of a new find faded, and the memories of the mysterious side of the cave crept back into my mind. Suddenly, I felt very alone. Oh, he's missing B. Oh. Fortunately for my ego, I was nearly out of time, and had to get back to B before my half hour was up. I took several pictures of the room. I was going to get. I was going to just get a feel for how long the next passage was, when something caught my attention. On the left side of the room, on the wall, by, at about eye level, I discovered what appeared to be hieroglyphics. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it was a single drawing that almost appeared to just be part of the rock coloration. It looked like a very crude representation of people standing below a symbol. I was pumped. This means that there had been another entrance to the cave. Even if the entrance was closed or blocked, it might have made, it might mean an opportunity to open it and get B into the cave. I took another look at the drawing to make sure I could describe it to B. Then I took some more pictures and headed back to B. All right. 
He's in the Yu-Gi-Oh part of the cave. Yeah. Yeah. When I got back to the squeeze, I could barely talk fast enough to let B know everything I had discovered. He was just as excited to hear about our newly found treasures. As we debated what our next move would be, I began to send my gear back through the tomb to B. I told him it would be best if we got someone else to come back with me, in case something happened. He agreed. Once I got all of my gear through, I was, face- I was faced with the wonderful task of having to negotiate Floyd's tomb again. Theoretically, a person should be able to get out of a passage he just crawled through by simply reversing what he just did. If he contorts his body in a certain way to get in, he should be able to get into the same position to get out. In practice, this may not prove to be possible or practical. Such was the case with the tomb. You would always think. You know, the tomb, it'll get you every time. Yep. Tomb's trick. I determined in advance that I would attempt to go head first back through the squeeze. I knew that I could definitely make it by going feet first. That would mean backing up all the way through the tomb. That would take a long time and be very exhausting. My only concern in going head first was when I got to the end of the squeeze. I would have to get through the hole we had made without the benefit of being able to twist my body. Oh well. Oh well. I chose to go head first and deal with the exit when I got to it. I started into the squeeze very close to the tight spot, so at least I would have it over with soon. It turned out to be tricky getting through. I had to shift my hips to the right a little to get through. But I just kept plugging away at it. My hands were once again by my side. My head was turned to the right and I was scooting with my toes. He's scooting with them damn toes. He's scooting with those toes. <laughs> toes Scooting. Scooting. And once again, I was using my head as a gauge to tell when I was at the tight spot. Then when I was past it. I seemed to get tired a little quicker on the way out. Must have been from all of the work we had done to get through. I was a little over halfway through when something bizarre happened. I was laying there taking a brief break when I heard a sound deep within the cave. It was the faint but distinct sound of rock sliding on rock. My blood froze in its veins. I couldn't move. I just lay there straining to hear the sound again. Nothing. I quickly began to scoot towards the exit. I didn't mention the sound to B, but I did recall one of our earlier trips when B said he heard the same thing. The task of getting out of our hole turned out to be as painful as I thought it would be. Our hole? I had, to put my, I had to put my arms overhead and force my shoulders through the hole. I definitely left some skin behind as I slipped through. B helped, me, <laughs> B helped me as I wiggled my upper body out of the passage. Then I could catch myself and ease my lower body out of the tomb. I was out! Two exclamation points. B and I shook hands and began to load up our gear. I was trying to listen to any sounds coming from the hole, but we were making too much noise gathering our stuff. As much as I looked forward to getting into the passage, it was a relief to get back out. That is pretty much how I feel about caves in general. I love to go in, but I feel good when I get back out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something strange happened with the pictures I took in the new part of the cave. Oh, no, Slenderman. Uh-oh. The pictures I took in the passage leading up to the large room turned out just fine. Strangely, none of the pictures taken in the room turned out. Pictures of the sound of the round rock, and more importantly, pictures of the hieroglyphics I saw. Yeah, I mean, he is putting them in question because they are petroglyphs. Yeah. Um, hieroglyphics refer specifically to the, uh, <laughs> to the Egyptian. Okay. Um, <laughs> pictures taken before and after the room turned out great, but the negatives of the photos taken in the room were clear. Nothing. I remember what the hieroglyphics looked like, so I drew a picture to give you an idea of what I saw. All right. Let's see. It's a crude okay, drawing so- of what I saw, but it's accurate. The first thing I thought I saw, the first thing I thought when I saw it was Blair Witch Project. It kind of has the same feel to it. This symbol was in the center, and several figures that looked like people raising their hands were below this. This is a technique in that we call <laughs> lamp shading. Um, <laughs> this is the last picture before I entered the large room. 
At the end of the passage, partially hidden in the shadows, is the round rock that I saw. I okay. can kind of see it. Yeah, a little bit. It's good that, yeah, I mean, obviously there isn't, it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. cool that kind of he's able to take a photo that's like, it, you can kind of see it there, yeah. Yeah, you can see it enough. And then the next one is just a, a here's the same picture with the round rock outlined. You can't yeah. really tell from these pictures what you're looking at. But they're the only ones I got of the round rock. Yeah, it's nice that he found one that has, like, something that kind of looks like it could be a round rock. And he yeah. just kind of... <laughs> it's close. It's decent. Next. Next. All right. April 14th. Only a couple days elapsed before B found someone who wanted to explore the passage with us. B told me he talked to a few other people who couldn't make it because of scheduling conflicts. He said they really grilled him for information about the cave and about the passage. He would not tell them which cave it was to ensure that we explored it to our satisfaction before we made it known to the public. Even the guy who ended up going with us did not know which cave until we were very close to it. And he was sworn to secrecy that he would not reveal the location of the cave to anyone on the planet. I won't identify him by name, so I will just refer to him as Joe. Joe, B, and I set out early in the morning to make to make sure we could spend all the time we wanted in the new passage. They're a throuple! <laughs> it's the third boyfriend! When we got down to yeah, the- Yeah, they put out a message saying, like, two cavers <laughs> looking for a third. <laughs> Sometimes you just need two cavers. Mm -hmm. When we got to the cave, we were able to rig up and descend rather quickly. It helps when you don't have to haul half a hardware store down into the cave. Joe is impressed by our work. Even B and I took a minute to pat ourselves on the back for all the hard work we put in. And for the fact that we made it through. This is just more dudes rock. I love this. Yeah, the dudes rock density is increasing. (laughs) Dudes comma rock. Dudes comma rock. (laughs) Joe is a rather thin caver. There's a lot of experience in caves. He said this might be the tightest squeeze he had been in, but it doesn't bother him. I knew that physically he would be able to make it, since I was bigger than him, and I made it. That's how, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Logic. He was just as excited as us to get through and get caving. Maybe more. He quickly got ready. And was, I, I have a bad feeling about Joe. Uh-oh. He quickly got ready and was waiting to hear what plan of attack, what the plan of attack was going to be. I figured I would send him through first, since he was ready, and I would follow. He would pass our gear through and wait for us outside the passage. I feel bad for B. He doesn't get to have any cave fun. I know. But he's a good sport about it. Yeah. B would Maybe give us two it. hours. Yeah. B, B would give us two hours to return. That was nice of B to go down into the cave and babysit us. <laughs> it gets boring sitting in the they sitting in the cave. With our plan set, we were ready to roll. Ready to roll. Let's go. It was perhaps irresponsible of us not to tell Joe about all of the unexplained events that had occurred in the cave until after he had gone through. Kyle likes but white voice. Exa- <laughs> but what exactly did you tell? <laughs> do you tell someone? How many of the weird things do we need to reveal to him? We did not feel that we were in any danger or we would not go into the cave ourselves. So we did not tell him that a thing prior to entering Floyd's tomb, of course... When we did tell him afterwards, it was too late. I couldn't believe how easy Joe slipped through the passage. He's like a little wiggly worm. Uh, Yeah, just... Joe is actually just a human-sized worm. (laughs) They call him Dr. Worm. Uh, He said it was tight, but it sure didn't look like it. Once he got in, we passed him his gear, then I started in. Even though I knew that I could fit through, it was still a slow trip through the tomb. You can only go so fast when you're scooting it with your toes. He loves to do it. When I reached the tight spot of the squeeze, I had Joe snap a picture of me. I thought it would make a good photo. Once I got through, B started to relay my stuff to me. 
Then disaster struck. I had gone all the way in and turned around to pull my gear through. I had to kneel down and still crouch down low. I had just got my helmet, parentheses ironically, and light, and was turning around to feed the rope back to B when I smacked my head on the top of the passage. Ow. Human skull versus solid rock. Rock one. I told B what had happened, so he sent my first aid kit through. I was bleeding, but even worse, I didn't feel too good. I patched myself up, then told Joe I didn't think I'd better continue. He looked like a little kid who was told that Christmas would be cancelled. Although I didn't like the idea of him exploring the cave without me, for selfish reasons, of course. I wanted him to at least see part of the cave for making the trip out there. I told him how far to go and how long it would take. Then I sent him on his way. As I lay there, I could hear him crawling into the darkness. (laughs) 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 That's a funny picture. Uh, His light disappeared after the first turn. I rested a minute or two, then began my journey back through the squeeze. It was disappointing to get all the way into all the way to the cave, and then not be able to explore it in the to its end. A- actually, it is killing me. Oh. After I got through Floyd's tomb, which was painful, I sat down and munched on the cliff bar while B and I chatted. Dude's rock. Dude's rock. I told him I would pay for a motel room if he would get if he would stay overnight. Then we could see how I was doing the next day and make another attempt at the cave. I felt goofy for having smacked my head on the cave wall. B said he was willing to give it another try tomorrow. He was just as anxious to put some closure to this cave. As long as Joe would stay overnight, we determined to wrap things up the next day. Once this was settled, we would we just sat back and enjoyed the darkness. Now that I know <laughs> what I've become... Okay, um... <laughs> We could hear no sounds coming from the passage. The silence reminded me of the scraping noise I had heard last time we were out there. I brought up the subject with B. Since I had not explored the cave completely, I could not offer any explanation of what could be making the scraping noise, or the change in wind strength, or the rumbling, or that terrible scream we had heard. Suddenly, we both wished we had not sent Joe into the cave alone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> Joe <laughs> you, you finally find a third Yeah I know A thruple no more hmm. So sad mm-hmm. uh, It's your turn Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> B went to the hole and yelled into it Joe That's all Yeah period <laughs> Joe <laughs> No answer not surprising You just can't hear each other when you're very far apart in a cave we nervously awaited any sounds. Good sounds, that is. Joe-type sounds. <laughs> Joe-type like, sounds! <laughs> like, and, uh. <laughs> The sounds a Joe makes. <laughs> yeah. The 20-minute time limit we had set passed. Then 25 minutes. I really had no desire to climb back through the squeeze. My head was still throbbing and the squeeze looked tighter than ever. Still, I knew I was going to have to make sure Joe was safe. Just as I was getting prepared to go back through, I saw a light deep in the passage. Joe? I called out. Nothing. Joe! Still no answer. The light got brighter, and I could hear the noise of someone crawling across the broken rock that lined the cave. You okay, Joe? No, was his weak reply. When he got to the other side of the tomb, he said he was not feeling well. He quickly took his gear off and put them in the bag so he could pull it through. As I pulled the bag through the passage, he began to climb back through the tomb. We didn't even get a chance to question him about what he saw before he was coming back through. He quickly slipped through the squeeze in the hole, and we finally got a look at him. Fine. He looked He looked terrible. His face was pale and he was out of breath, and the, uh, the dust that covers the floor of the squeeze left its mark on his face and clothes. He had numerous small cuts and scratches on his face and arms. 
probably from his rapid exit from the cave from the passage. His eyes were open wide. Toy butt, toy butt, toy butt, toy butt. Yeah, toy butt, literally. Toy butt, toy We only had a mo- brief moment to look at the change that had occurred to Joe before he started to head up and out of the cave without saying a word. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> well, Joe and B started for the surface. I took a minute to gather our gear, and I stopped to listen to the passage. I heard nothing. And I felt nothing. <laughs> the wind had stopped. Part of me wanted to get out of the cave as fast as possible, but another part of me wanted to immediately climb back through the passage and find out what made this cave tick. Then was not the time, though. I still feel a little dizzy from my injury. Pequeño dizzy. Pequeño dizzy. At that moment, I noticed B and Joe had made good time getting up the cave passage, and I was left alone. Chills ran through my body as I scurried to catch up with them. Chills ran through my body. Chills ran through my body <laughs> as I scurried to catch up with them. <laughs> Once we got outside the cave, the I figured we would be able to find- The last thing you want in your cave <laughs> is somebody's foot fungus. <laughs> Number 15, stalactites. Once we got outside the cave, I figured we would be able to find out more from Joe. But when he got up the final climb, he just unclipped from the rope and went straight to the truck. In the light of day, he looked even worse than in the cave. B and I gathered up. <laughs> B and I gathered up the rope and our gear and headed for the truck. Joe said he did not want to stay overnight because he felt terrible, and we believed him, so we headed home. We could get no more information from Joe. He just stared straight ahead. He was shaking like a leaf, and he said he was not cold. When we tried to question him, his answers were short. I asked him if he saw the hieroglyphics. No. Did he hear us yelling? No. Did he see the round rock? No. Did he see the crystals? No. He said he just went a little ways in and started to feel sick. Something was fishy about his answers. He would have had to have seen the crystals if he got far enough into the cave that he couldn't hear us yelling. But why would he not elaborate? Yeah. Question. Yeah. Questions from the cave. (laughs) The rest of the trip passed in eerie silence. Joe did not say much else. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna start doing. I know this is a weird thing to pick up, like mid mid adventure, but I'm gonna do Kyle likes white voice for the blue text from now on. It, it only fits. <laughs> we gave him a brief outline of the strange events that happened in the cave. He didn't reply. As we were dropping him off, we asked if he wanted to go back into the cave. He shook his head and ran to his house. <laughs> <laughs> cave no <laughs> i tried to call him later in the day and the next day but only got his voicemail i like the kyle xy voice for the blue text because it's easier than me having to go in and edit in an echo yeah i mean you're gonna have to do it a little bit until we <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll get there all right next up april 28th in this journal entry, I discussed briefly the feelings B and I had at this point. I would like to elaborate on those feelings and set the mood for this part of my journal. I hope I can successfully convey our exact thoughts and feelings as we contemplated our next move. If not, I'm afraid we will appear to the average reader as being ignorant, naive, or downright foolish. It's, it works so well. It Fuck. does! It's really good! <laughs> this cave represented to us the culmination of weeks of, our, of hard work, complete with an array of emotions. From fatigue to fear, anticipation to pain, from frustration to glory. To us, to us, we were not standing on the brink of possible destruction, but rather honoring an unspoken commitment. Much like a parent of a wayward child, we were not about to abandon our child. 
Oh, they've adopted the cave. Oh, dads. Dad mode. Dad mode. Out of fear of the unknown. Like it or not, this cave had become part of us. And now, we must see this adventure to its fruition. Additionally, for both explanations aside, we are being eaten alive with curiosity. Despite the overwhelmingly overwhelming number of unexplained occurrences we experienced, we had to go back into this cave. There's something remarkable about this cave. There's something remarkable about this cave. Maybe it, maybe the cave is Kyle's belly button. Maybe the cave is Kyle's belly button. I think it's Cable X Y. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Ted C V. <laughs> Ted's Kyle page. Yeah. Yeah. What was making the rumbling noise? What caused the change in wind strength? Etc. Etc. All the way down to Joe. What could have possibly happened to him? What did he see or experience? We had many lengthy discussions about what our next move would be. We kept coming to the same conclusion. We had to return to the cave. We could offer no possible scenarios that would solve the many riddles held deep within the cave. The only way we could hope to complete the puzzle would be to conquer the cave. We were going to back the mystery cave. Let's fucking go! Bum 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 huh? Two weeks after our trip with Joe, and we were back, uh, we were on our way back to the cave. To prepare for this trip, we contacted the local cave rescue group and got permission to borrow their low-voltage two-way phone. The phone consists of two transceivers and a long spool of thin wire. You could I have just taken two caves, I mean, two cans, not two yeah. caves. <laughs> <It's> two cans. <laughs> two cans and a long, yeah. thin, uh, a long spool of wire in the <laughs> I would then be able to unwind the wire as I went into the pack- passage and stay in contact with B the entire time I went into the package. We also thought it mm-hmm. would be a good idea to take a video camera into the new passage. I purchased a case that would protect my video camera from dust as well as sharp rocks. I was more than willing to pay the cost of the case just to make sure B got to see the entire passage. My head was doing fine. I still had a white red line to mark the spot where I tried to break the rock with my head. God, it's a... the voice... <laughs> There's voice in this. There's voice in it, this. I wish this is like it's like creepy pasta writers took all the wrong lessons. <laughs> yeah, uh, from, from from like the good shit. Uh, yeah. I never went to a doctor, but it was very pa- a very painful experience. I've thought about what would have happened if I had been able to go into the pastor with Joe. He was a changed man ever since after he came out. I've been calling his house nearly every day trying to talk to him, but he won't answer his phone. He called his work, and a mutual friend told him that Joe had called in sick two weeks ago and hasn't been in since. He said Joe warned his boss that he might be out for a while. I even stopped by his house twice. The first time, it looked like someone was home, but no one answered the door. The second time, his car was gone, and there were no lights on. I talked to him before this trip, but it didn't work out. Uh-oh. Evil Joe. As we were as we were rigging up the rope to descend into the cave, I felt something for the first time. I did not want to go into the cave! It was not a feeling of foreboding. I was not receiving some premonition. I just had no desire to enter the underground world of Mystery Cave. I didn't share this feeling with B at that time. Even though I had no desire to go into the cave, I knew we had to. So I double-checked my gear and slipped over the edge of the cliff. Right from the beginning, it seemed like the cave w- did not want us to be there. Nothing went smoothly. I'm reading this one because you have yeah. read some pretty big ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's good. Yeah, nothing went smoothly. Every time we tried to clip a carabiner or tie a knot or to attach something to the rope, we had to do it two or three times to get it right. Fortunately, we recognized this and made sure everything was safe and secure. As we slowly made our way down, we were continually bumping into the side of the cave or stumbling as we walked or dropping things. 
We finally reached a point where we stopped to gather ourselves before continuing. Our load was relatively light, but we were taking forever to get to the hole. Finally, we made it. Ugh, I know how that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Every damn day. Yeah. We checked the camera and the phone to make sure they survived the trip. We tested everything, and I gathered the gear I wanted to take into the passage. Then, it was time. We looked at each other, but said nothing. Then, I turned to face the passage. As I twisted my body to begin entering the tomb, I desperately hoped that it would be the last time I would contort my body to enter this claustrophobic, this claustrophobe's nightmare. <laughs> Ted approaching the cave, a la, oh, you're approaching me. Uh, the trip through Floyd's tomb went smoothly, figuratively speaking. After I got through, it took several minutes to get everything passed through to me. I got suited up and tested all the equipment. The phone worked like a charm. I videotaped the squeeze and then the first section of the new passage. Since I would be unable to tape while I crawled, my plan was to crawl to the next section, then stop and film some more. I could video what I had just been through and then video what I was going to crawl through next. That way, I could get each section from both ends. I was starting to feel pretty good about the trip. I felt a sense of personal satisfaction at being able to provide a way for B to see the fruits of his labor. It was awkward lugging the camera and unrolling the phone wire while trying to crawl. I knew it would be worth it, though. Yeah. That's yeah. cave tapes. It's cave tapes. The, from, the small formations were too small to show up on the video. And with normal outside lighting, it would be no problem. But with my headlight as the only source of light, the effort was futile. <laughs> Damn, dude, it sure was. The crystal formations turned out quite nice. They were easily large enough and made, some, made for some pretty good footage. I took advantage of the film stop to check the phone. It was comforting to hear someone's voice deep within the passage. We chatted briefly. Then I unplugged the phone, prepared to continue. The phone resembled an oversized regular phone. Like a comedy big phone. <laughs> that you find at the prank store. <laughs> More like the ones you would see in more movies. When I walked, when I wanted to talk to B, I would just plug the phone into a special jack on the spool of wire. The power source was on B's end of the phone, so it was always turned on. The reception was as clear as a normal phone. I continued forward. That's cute. He just stops every once in a while. Hey, how's it going? Good. I miss you. Even though progress was slow, it was, yeah. Even though progress was slow, it was steady. Things were going pretty good until I reached the round rock. Once again, I got a strange feeling, just like the last time. I looked around carefully, but saw nothing to be alarmed about. I proceeded to film the entire room. I got good shots of the round rock from all angles. I got the walls, ceiling, and floor to the best of my ability. I even got some pretty good tape of the figure on the wall. It was difficult to make out exactly what was what it was on the video, but you could definitely tell something was there. After I taped everything to my satisfaction, I moved toward the end of the room to prepare to explore new territory. At the far end of the large room was a passage that led to darkness. The entrance was about a foot lower than my head, and it looked like it continued at that height for as far back as I could see. I ducked under the ceiling, prepared to see new sights. The walls of the new passage were darker than the rest of the cave to, to this point. The floor was made up of the same type of broken rocks. The ceiling had the same type of near-perfect arch as the old section of Mystery Cave. It almost seemed out of place in the jagged atmosphere of the cave. I could only see back about 30 feet or so where the passage appeared to make a right-hand turn. I thought this would be the perfect cave. Uh, <laughs> I thought this would be a good place to check in with B. It is a perfect cave. Yeah. I thought this would be the perfect cave. <laughs> it took a couple of... I was of, wrong. I was wrong. It took a couple of beeps before he answered the phone, but once he did, his voice was still crystal clear. It sounded like he might have been snoozing. Had I been gone that long? 
He said he was doing fine and that I could take as much time as I needed. I thanked him and hung up. His patience had been, has been wonderful during this whole project. He has spent a lot of time just waiting for me while I explore the passage. I was glad he was still willing to sit and wait. I hung up the phone and started to film the new passage. Then it happened. Alright. Let's uh, go. Cracking my knuckles. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> From behind me, I heard a noise. It was loud. It was close. <gasps> it was coming from the large room. I had just left. Uh-oh. I wheeled around to face whatever had made that noise. When I did, I lost my presence of mind and stood up at the same time, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Crunch. My helmet crashed into the passage ceiling. My light broke, and I was buried in heavy darkness. Uh -oh. Pain shot through my neck and down into my back. My helmet had protected my head, but my neck was nearly numb from the impact. Fear enveloped me, and my knees began <laughs> to weaken. I slowly and involuntarily slumped to my knees. <laughs> Ted. Um, Every fucking set, time, it's so funny to me. <laughs> I gently set the camera down as I began to see stars from the pain in my upper back. The scraping noise lasted for only a second, and now the only sound I could hear was my own panic-inspired breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Not only could I feel, feel the fear thick upon my chest, but the darkness seemed to hold me in place. I felt like I felt like I was vulnerable from every direction. I wanted to turn and look behind me, and to the side of me, and in front of me. Everywhere I looked, I saw black. Finally, I broke the super, stupor of terror long enough to reach for an alternate light source, my, the mini-mag on my helmet. I twisted the light to turn it on, and when I did, I nearly cried. I'd forgot Aww. to put fresh batteries in, and now I could barely see more than a few feet. Still, it was better than nothing. I immediately began shining the light all my might into the large room. I strained to, to get a glimpse of any movement in the room. Nothing. Oh, he's trying to cry. Oh, little Ted. Little, little Ted get lost in cave. Hit oh, yeah. him head. Oh, he hit he head. He hit him head. He hit him head. The rumor come out, does, does Ted his cave? <laughs> does Ted his cave? I was shaking violently as I sat there trying to figure out what to do. My mind was not thinking clearly. I honestly thought I was going to die right there in the cave. For a fleeting moment, I wondered how B would ever figure out what had happened to me. Then it hit me like a boulder. The phone! My mind must have been clearing up at that point because I, al because I also thought about my glow sticks. Without taking my eyes off the large room, I felt around in my pack for the glow sticks. Since I was carrying the phone and video camera, I, re I removed as much as possible from my pack, and one of the things I left with B was my backup headlamp. Thus, I was left with only the glow sticks. I found one and I ripped it from out of the package. I could tell something was wrong by how it sounded. It had been inadvertently broken and it was now useless. I chucked it on the ground and searched my pack for another one. Uh. I, took, uh, I took my eyes off the large room only to check the passage behind me occasionally. I found another glow stick broke it up. I found another glow stick broke it to light it up. The soft green glow created eerie colors on the walls of the cave. The stick provides barely enough light to see the immediate area and provided no hint of what lie ahead. I felt the pack for one more light, again without taking my eyes off the room. I felt a third glow stick and ripped it out of the package. After breaking it to make sure it worked, I hesitated, then threw the glow stick into the large room. The throw was a perfect spiral. <laughs> and the stick sailed through the length of the room. It, it doesn't say spiral. I it made that up. <laughs> it probably was. Who's to say? Yeah. In the brief moment that the light traveled through the room, I saw nothing but cave walls. The absence of anything unusual did nothing to ease my state of panic. In the far end of the room, I got a brief glimpse of the round rock 
His light bounced on it. Then, the light went behind a rock and seemed to disappear. I was still shaking, but at least I didn't see anything. Still, there was the noise. I used the glow stick to light the phone real. To light the phone real, and with fumbling fingers, phone, I- parentheses real. Phone, parentheses real. And with fumbling fingers, I managed to plug my phone into the jack. I put the phone to my ear and heard dot dot dot. Nothing. The usual beeps to indicate connection with the other phone were not there. Terrified, I pulled the phone from the jack and reinserted it. Reinserted it. Again, silence. The line was dead. What could have happened? I just talked to B. I found myself nearly sobbing with fear. I knew the only way out of here was back the way I came. But something was there. A third attempt at making contact with B met with the same results. I tried to think of another plan, but I could only focus on the memories of the grinding sound that I had heard. In my weakened state, I slumped against the side of the passage, breathing like I had just finished a race, never breaking eye contact with the shadows of the large room. As my shoulder touched the wall, I had a powerful jolt of pain remind me of my collision with the roof of the cave. Despair. Agony. Terror. I can't say exactly how long I sat there, but my feet were tingling and my knees were sore. The pain in my back crept lower, although my neck felt no different. I resolved to make an attempt to exit this evil passage. Oh no, it's evil now. It's evil. Uh oh. Twisted evil passage. Passage, parentheses, evil. Yeah. Wall passage. Uh, (laughs) I knew if I wanted to. I knew if I waited too long, I would lose what. I would lose what little light I had. I attempted to stand, but did not have the strength. I crawled like a baby. Like a baby. Slowly. Like a rug rascal. Large room. Mm -hmm. Dragging my pack beside me. Using the walls of the cave. I was able to slowly stand, though not straight, like as in a thin <laughs> strip of land between two bodies of water, <laughs> due to my sore back. Uh, still breathing rapidly, I slowly advanced through the room. I wound up the phone wire as I went. My eyes were staring straight ahead, straining for any signs of movement. With every step, my light would cast ever-changing shadows on the wall, keeping me busy trying to look at everyone. My eyes burned as I realized I had not blinked for many minutes. How many? How long had this been going on? The only sounds I could hear were the crunch of my feet on the broken rock and the wheezing of my breath. As I wound the cord, I could hear the squeak of the wheel, with each turn bringing me closer to the tomb, closer to B, closer to safety. Oh, he's going to get out and run into B's arms. Mm -hmm. The short trip through the room took an eternity. As I passed the crude drawing, it seemed to glow as if offering some sort of warning. I didn't know what the drawing represented, but everything about this cave seemed to instill fear. Toward the far end of the room, I could see the round rock dimly at the far reaches of my light. Something seemed different about it, but I couldn't tell what. When I got within a few feet, I could finally tell what had changed. It had moved. That was the sound I heard. Again, terror gripped my entire body as I realized how close I was to... something. I had no choice but to continue. Still, it was not easy. I inched toward the rock, holding the glow stick ahead of me in my shaking hand, using it to pierce the darkness. I stopped just this side of the rock and wound up in, wound up the slack in the phone wire. Then I realized why I had lost contact with B. The rock was now sitting on the wire. I gave it a tug and the thin wire snapped. My only hope of contact with the outside world ceased to exist when that wire broke. I had never felt so alone and helpless, buried deep within the earth. I had voluntarily descended into my own grave with a casket of solid rock. Hate that! Yeah, with the phone now useless, I set it down in the passage. My gaze fixed on the round rock. I proceeded forward. My breathing was rapid, my throat dry and aching 
my mouth dusty. With every crunch of the rock below my feet, my heart seemed to stop. No movement could be seen in the green glow of my stick. (laughs) I got to the rock and peered over the top. Seeing nothing, I took several rapid steps past it. When I reached the other side, I recoiled in horror at what I saw. In the in the side of the passage near the floor was a hole, with another passage revealed. It had been covered by the rock, but now it was exposed. The rock could not have moved by itself. Uh-oh. I backed away from the hole and collided with the opposite wall. I had not been paying attention to the pain in my back, but now it came back to me in all its fury. I stared down and I stared down the newly discovered pass- passage. Jesus fucking Christ. Every time he says passage, I almost say package. It <laughs> went down at a 45 degree a angle. newly discovered package. <laughs> it went down at a 45 degree angle and continued straight for as far as I could see. Several feet down, I could see the glow stick that I had thrown. It illuminated the passage enough that I could tell the walls were fairly smooth. The floor seemed to be the same way, unlike the rest of the cave. The passage was about three feet in diameter as far as I could see. It would have been an easy passage to explore if I had the least desire to do so. Right now, I wanted out of the cave and into daylight. I slowly backed away from the hole toward B. I never took my eyes off the abyss. I nearly tripped over the phone wire as I turned to leave this devil's lair. I noticed my mini-mag was practically dead, leaving me only with the glow stick. I wanted to sprint to Floyd's tomb. Just hearing another human being would help alleviate some of the fear I was experiencing. As I turned away from the large rock and the hole... I felt an overwhelming sense of panic fill my soul. It was like a legion of demons was about to attack me from behind. I felt like my salvation lie ahead of me in the darkness, and Lucifer was behind me, trying to keep me away from trying to keep me from safety. I found myself moving faster than I should have. I felt my, I found myself moving faster than I should have been in that cave. My only thought was to get out as quickly as possible. I passed the crystal formations, barely even noticing this beautiful creation of nature in the green glow of my light. Every time I ducked to avoid a rock, I felt my back scream as a reminder of my injury. When I got to the point in the passage where I had to crawl, I flung myself down on all fours, barely slowing down as I dropped. When my hands came into contact with the cave floor, I felt an electric shock shoot all the way down my back, and simultaneously down my arms. For the first time since this nightmare had begun, I let out a scream. I crumpled down and lay there on the rock, with new levels of pain manifesting every time I inhaled. Whimpering from fear and pain, I tried to listen to any noise in the cave. I could feel the silence pounding in my head. I knew from previous trips that B was still out of earshot, but I was close. The bone hurting cave. Bone hurting cave, yeah. Bone hurting cave. Forcing myself no, to. No, Ted, that's bone hurting cave. <laughs> Forcing myself Ow, to move. Ow-oo, d- gagu. Forcing myself God. to move, I winced as I pulled my body onto all fours and started to progress along the cave. I still held the glow stick in my hand, but I had ceased checking behind me. Now my focus was ahead of me. I reached the point where I could yell to B, but I didn't make a sound. I didn't want to stop long enough to talk. Finally, I reached the last stretch of the cave before the squeeze. As I was crawling toward the beginning of the tomb, I called to B. He answered back. I screamed to him to get everything ready to go. He asked if I was okay, since he hadn't heard from me on the phone, he had gotten worried. I told him no, and to get everything ready to go. When I reached the rope, I flipped off my helmet and shoved it into my pack. For the first time, I realized I had forgot my video camera. Oh, Ted, you fucking oaf. (laughs) Ted, you buffoon. It was a fleeting thought. I cared no more about that camera than a passenger of the Titanic cared about a hat or a coat. I tied the pack to the rope and told him to pull it through. Then I, told to, then I told him to start heading toward the surface as soon as he pulled the rope through. 
He asked why, and I screamed that there was something in the cave with us. My back ached with every move I made. I knew it didn't matter, though. I was going to get through the tomb as fast as I could, injuries notwithstanding. Just as I started into the squeeze, I felt the wind in the passage increase, and with it the most nauseating stench I have ever experienced. It smelled like damp, rotting, rancid, putrid death. Ew. I almost started to dry heave. I pulled my shirt up over my nose to shield me from the overbearing smell, over, overpowering smell. At this point, B smelled it too. He yelled, "What is that?" <laughs> when he <laughs> yelled at me to hurry up and get through, whoever smelled it dealt it. B. Yeah, yeah. Ted did a big fart. <laughs> he did um, a big fart. Ted do a big fart. <laughs> That's why he's running I, away from me. He doesn't want to be caught in the cave with it. it. it he's going to propel himself <laughs> through the passage. <laughs> I told him I was coming, then I took a deep breath through my shirt and started back through. B's yelling had intensified my fear and panic, as if I needed any help. <laughs> I knew, N-E-W, that he could, serve, could, that he could sense the urgency in getting out of this place. Still, as I worked my way through, I yelled at him to start up, and I would catch, him, catch up with him when I got through. He said that he would. He placed my glow stick inside the passage, and then, <laughs> and then began to climb out. Before <laughs> eleven-year-old ass podcast. Oh boy! This time through the squeeze, I had no regard for the tightness of the passage. I was scraping my face, ears, arms, and shoulders. Every inch of the squeeze meant numerous scratches on my body, but I barely noticed them. My back was nearly paralyzing me with pain. Once again, I felt the rising need to vomit because of the odor being delivered to my nostrils by the breeze. Halfway through Floyd's tomb, I took a break to catch my breath. I, I was approaching exhaustion, and my respiration rate was through the roof. The top of the passage seemed to, seemed to rest my rest my cheek. I almost read that as check, and the floor felt like broken glass on my opposite cheek. As I paused, as I paused briefly to recuperate, I heard the scraping noise coming from deep within the cave. It continued for several seconds, then silence. I let out a cry, which startled me. Ah, I was no longer consciously. <laughs> I was no longer consciously reacting to the noise. The cry was a subconscious response to the fear which flowed through my entire body. In a panic, I began to scoot through the passage. With your toes? Mm-hmm. I would imagine. As He's I reached, just thinking about them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As I reached the largest part of the tomb, I quickly slid my arms under my body to get into position to exit through our hole. I grabbed the mm-hmm. rope and pulled with all my might. When my shoulders reached the hole, they lodged, and I was stuck. I dug my feet into the rocks and wiggled my way back into the passage. Then I, then I turned my body slightly and tried again. This time I was successful in pulling my upper body through. Normally I would carefully work my way out since there's a three foot drop on the outside of the hole. This time I kicked with my legs and pulled with my arms and plop, I dropped out of the tomb like a funny poop right onto my shoulder. I tried to roll the soft, I tried to roll to soften the impact, but was Don't unable to. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Uh oh, stinky! I tried to roll to something. <laughs> yeah, with the smell of one too. He's a child. He, yeah, a, this turtification. <laughs> yeah, I tricked you. This is a turtification story. <laughs> turtification. He got bored by the cave, and now he's getting. <laughs> yeah. He's undergoing dudufication. Yeah. Uh, I tried to roll to soften the impact, but was unable to do anything more than take the blow. Strangely, the pain was focused on my shoulder, apparently not affecting my already sore back. I rolled over onto all fours, then slowly rose to my feet. The smell was much less intense outside of the passage. I grabbed the glow stick and used it to find my helmet. I began to head for the webbing, 
to climb up while strapping on my helmet. When I got to the webbing, I reached up to grab hold and recoiled in horror. In the glow of the glow stick, I could see for the first time my inju- the injuries to my arm. My forearms were covered in deep cuts and scrapes. Much of my arm was covered with blood. The wounds were not deep enough to bleed freely, but rather oozed the blood. Like, in that brief moment, I stopped to notice there was a silence in the cave. No sounds coming from the passage and nothing from up ahead. Once again, feeling that once again, the feeling of alone re- being alone returned. Motivating me to proceed, climbing up the little drop-off proved to be difficult in my condition, and the glow stick is the only light source added to the challenge. Once I was at the top, I scrambled to grudge up with B. I was impressed at the speed of these, uh, with the speed of his ascent. Although I did um. not mention any more of my physical condition during my exit, I was hurting. With every step I took, pain shot through my lower back and my neck. My arms were shredded and my shoulder had a nice gash in it. I honestly believe that were it not for the terror I felt at the time, I would not have had I would not have the energy and the motivation to climb out. I was running on pure adrenaline. Unfortunately, the adrenaline surge was about to end. Alright, yeah. I did not see or hear B until I reached the small area at the bottom of the drop. He was on rope and climbing out as fast as he could. I could hear him moving quickly and breathing heavily. I called out to him and his startled reaction told me he was nearly as tense as I was. He told me to get on rope and start climbing. We both knew that would be dangerous and not something we would ever normally do, but this was different. I stood there looking up at where the rope disappeared into the darkness above me. It danced around as B made his way to safety. He was out of sight, but I knew but I knew he was close. I knew the rope was my lifeline to the outside, to light, safety. Behind me was darkness, fear, the unknown. I had the fleeting thought of a movie scene where the actor had outwitted the monster and had reached the front door of the haunted house. Just as he reached for the knob, he hears a sound behind him and turns, only to see dot dot dot. I slid the glow stick into the cord on my helmet and reached for my harness. Then I thought I would let B get a little higher when I, while I pulled the rope up that was stretched down into the cave. That would make it easier to get out once we got to the top of the drop. I chose not to wind the rope around my arm, since it was sore and bleeding. So I just pulled it into a pile on the floor. From my head, I heard B warn me, Rock! and I ducked under the ledge as several small rocks landed on the floor by my feet. I quickly went back to pulling the rope in. I had about half of it in, about 50 feet, when the rope had a snag. Ugh, it was solid. There's no way I could. I was going to crawl back in to release it, so I decided to just forget the rope and get my harness on and get out of the cave. Sorry, let me do that again. There was no way I was going to crawl back in to release it, so I decided to just forget the rope and get my harness on and get out of the cave. I quickly threw the harness around me and started to buckle it. Before I could secure it, I heard a strange noise at my feet. My pulse began to quicken. I looked down at the rope, only to discover to my horror that the rope was disappearing into the darkness. Something was pulling the rope back into the cave. Give me back my turd. <laughs> God. Uh, go ahead and take next two. Right. I let go of the harness and began clawing my way up the rope. The unbuckled harness fell to the floor. Fortunately, I held onto an ascender. At the moment, I could not think straight, as in, once again, a small uh, strip of land between <laughs> and a body of water, and began climbing out of the cave without being attached to the rope. Oh, wait. I, no. Straight's the water between two lands. That's what if, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Smith's, if, yeah. If Smith's is the... Yeah. Is, Uh, I had had climbed out many times without using an ascending device, but I was always attached to the rope, just in case. 
I was climbing as fast as my battered body could haul me up. I was in a near panic state again, and consequently was scraping, bumping, and gouging my arms and legs. As I climbed, I screamed to B that something was pulling the rope. He yelled back to hurry up. Luck was, mo- Luck was with me in that I didn't slip and fall back down into the hole. If I had, I would have bounced several times against the sides of the cave before smashing onto the floor, just like funny Homer in the episode with the uh, mm-hmm. gulch. The injuries would be fatal. Without the, necessi- without the necessity of having to stop to slide the ascender up the rope, I made excellent time getting up. I could see rays of light above me coming from the entrance to the cave. That told me exactly where I was in the cave. I caught up to be on the ledge. <laughs> the <laughs> ledge? <laughs> Below where our rebelay point was fixed. Alleged, hey. Yeah. I told him to keep going. It'd only take him a few minutes, but every second would be torture, because I had to wait for him to get up and watch the rope that we had just climbed up, expecting to see some sort of creature from deep within the earth climb up and make me its lunch. The rope moved a bit, but in rhythm with bees climbing, but did not appear to have any tension on it. As I stood there waiting for B, I kept watching the rope for signs of anything bizarre. I didn't know if my heart could take any more stress. I could not have been more tired. But, no, (laughs) opposite. I could not have been more wired. I tried to relax a bit to make sure that I was thinking rationally. My poor brain had reached its sensory overload. As B reached the top of the last... As B reached the top of the last climb, I got ready to clip on my ascender and get my sorry butt out of here. There. Past tense. Uh... (laughs) It was then that I noticed that the rope began to tighten from below. I could feel the tension on the rope, but it was a steady tension, not like someone was climbing up. Either way, I wanted to get out out of there as fast as possible. I clipped on and scrambled up the rope. I hadn't noticed, but B had kept on moving towards the entrance. I got up the last few feet in a hurry. I just unclipped and kept moving, leaving the rope behind. By the time I got to the entrance of the cave in daylight, B was almost up to the up to where the rope was anchored. I wanted to get up so bad I almost started to free climb without clipping onto the rope. I could see B was almost up, so I clipped on and started up. I almost didn't make it up. I just started- Say up one more time, bitch. I had just started up when uh, I nearly collapsed from exhaustion. (laughs) I managed to recover enough- I managed to recover enough to pull myself up the last few feet. Up. (laughs) As I climbed, I could hear the tension on the rope manifest itself by the stretching noise in the rope. I prayed the rope would not break with me attached to it. The second that I reached the top, I unclipped the ascender. I could see B kneeling down by the tree, so I li- limped over to him and collapsed. For the first time since I went through Floyd's tomb, we could see each other. We just stared. I knew I looked pretty bad, but I didn't know that B was in such bad shape. He had cuts and scrapes on, a- on every exposed surface of his body. His face was pale, almost white. His mouth and eyes were wide open. He was breathing heavily, almost gasping. The shock we shared at the other person's appearance was broken when we heard the when we heard the rope around the tree stretch and, and the knot beat motherfucker. The shock we shared at the other person's appearance was broken when we heard the rope around the tree stretch and the knot be had tied be had tied tighten. I was frozen in place, overwhelmed with fright. B seemed to be transfixed on the knot. Then in one motion he produced a pocket knife and began to work on the rope. It's amazing how a person's state of mind can alter the perception of time. I'm sure it only took four or five seconds to severe the <laughs> rope from the tree. <laughs> but it seemed like an hour. When the rope was cut, I had the knot fell to the ground, while the end of the rope zipped across the rocks and over the edge of the cliff, the speed causing a humming noise as it went. As soon as the rope was cut, B let out a cry. 
He dropped the knife and fell backwards, watching the rope fly over the edge. And brought, watching the rope fly over the edge brought feeling brought the feelings in the passage back to me. I got up and headed toward the truck. This is Ted's fault, yeah. Yeah. I noticed B was still laying there, wide-eyed, staring at the point the rope disappeared. They called to him, which seemed to break his trance. He got up and hurried away from the tree, the cave, the nightmare. Neither of us said a word all the way home. It is now four days after our trip to the cave. It has taken me four days and dozens of attempts to get this entire experience written into my journal. Every time I started to write, I recalled the terrible feelings I had and couldn't write anymore. I felt compelled to continue so as to document the unbelievable events while all of the details were fresh in my mind. I can still feel the pain, still smell the stench, still experience the terror. Even typing from my journal has taken hours. I would like to write more, but will, but it will have to wait. Even now, with several days between me and the event, I can't relax. I can barely concentrate. That's all for now. That's all, yeah, folks. The, 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 that's all for now, folks. <laughs> oh, boy, uh, I just clicked the next, and it's an entire page of Kyle voice. <laughs> yep. This is the, I believe this is the last. Uh, yep. May 19th, 2001. All right. <clears throat> It has been three weeks since our last visit to the ca- We don't have to do how <laughs> I- No. <laughs> it'd be- I mean, it'd be funny. Okay, yeah, I mean, we're here to be funny. We are here to be funny. Se- I wonder if Steppenwolf is in the cave. Ooh! He could probably pull really hard on a rope. I feel like Steppenwolf could- ju- Steppenwolf wouldn't be able to fit through. Yeah, that's true. That's the problem. That's the problem. F- he could boom tube through. You know what? Maybe the sound was a boom tube. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a second. I want to see something. He's threatened to join the recording channel so many times. Who? Sam. Oh my god. <laughs> let's see if he responds. Oh yeah, I gotta, uh, I guess I should add him. Um. Uh, let's give him a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's only fair. There's so much Kyle voice to do. Not on... Fine. Well, that's his problem. Yeah, I saw him okay. there a minute ago. God damn it. Uh, well, 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 he can read if he shows up. Yeah, if he shows up. It has been three weeks since our last visit to the cave. I wanted to update everybody as to my condition, my plans for the cave, and the events of the past few weeks. I apologize for not returning your phone calls. I have been getting all of your messages. I just haven't felt up to call... I just haven't felt up to calling back. Steve and Mark, thanks for your words of encouragement on my answering machine. I know you t- you two are serious, sincerely concerned for me. You were awesome friends. Mark, I know you stopped by the house a few times, and I'm sorry I never answered the door. It really helped me just knowing you dropped by. Sis, I can hear the worry in your voice. I am okay. Don't worry about me. Just take care of the of those nieces and nephews of mine. I figure if I can get this site updated, I can let everyone know at once about how I am doing. A lot has happened in the last three weeks, so I'll do my best to cover everything. I guess I should start where the last entry left off. It took several days to get the last journal entry written down. I was so shook up from the experience that I could do little else but sit around and ponder what happened. Right now, I am on long-term medical leave from, from work. I tried to go to work several days after the event, but my boss sent me home. I couldn't concentrate and look terrible. I've even been to the doctor, but I couldn't tell him about the experience, so I just told him I was under a lot of stress. 
He recommended rest and gave me a prescription to help me relax. Mmm, good drugs. Mmm, <laughs> mm, good drugs, Kyle mm, voice. Good drugs. <laughs> Kyle loves drugs. Kyle does love drugs. Mmm, good drugs. Grapefruit. When we left the cave, I was nearly in a state of shock. I could not think clearly. I was having a difficult time trying to understand what had happened. I didn't eat much, nor did I get any sleep. I was glad I had the presence of mind to break down my experience while it was fresh in my mind. As I reread what I wrote, I feel like I accurately portrayed what happened in the cave that day. I wouldn't change anything I wrote, even though it took three days to write it. When I finished writing in my journal, I felt much better. I guess it was kind of therapeutic. Unfortunately, it didn't last. It was after then that things got really bad. B and I parted company after the trip, and I didn't see him again until yesterday. I didn't try to reach him, and he didn't try to get a hold of me. Nor did either of us try to contact Joe. B just dropped me off after the trip, and I spent the next several days by myself in the house. I tried to eat, but had no appetite. I was restless, but I couldn't find anything to do to take my mind off the experience. That's when I determined that I should write it down. As I mentioned, that helped me think a little clearer, and I seemed to be and I seemed to be a little calmer, but it didn't last. I went to work the next day, but was sent home. The day after that, I had an overwhelming feeling of anxiety slip and sink into my soul. I was depressed and confused and had no one I wanted to turn to for comfort. I was getting all kinds of phone calls from people, but I just let the answering machine take the calls. I even changed the message on the machine to let everyone know I was alright. I continued in this miserable state, eating and sleeping whenever I could manage, until a week after the trip. Then things started to get strange. At first, I was hearing sounds in the house that had no explanation. Footsteps, shuffling noises, creaking doors. You know, the typical horror movie fare. You call this lampshading. <laughs> only the sounds, only the sounds were not distinct. It was as though I wasn't sure I had heard what I thought I heard. I would be eating or getting out of the shower and stop, thinking I heard something. And yeah, he has a home by himself because it's pre- Housing crash. <laughs> yeah, because it's 2001. Yeah, he has a subprime mortgage. <laughs> but the sound would not repeat itself. In fact, if it weren't for the fact that it had happened frequently, I couldn't be sure there were noises in the first place. Either way, I was scared. It was as though I had been caught in a spider web. The last bee. Oh, uh, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Minx. <laughs> Feelings of anxiety. Foreboding and tension filled my life. Then came the hallucinations. I began seeing things in a manner similar to the sounds I was hearing. Just a glimpse of something in the corner of my eye. When I would turn to look, nothing. I had been sleeping with the lights on in my room, but now I kept all the lights on and- Now I kept all the lights in the house on from be What the fuck? But now I kept all the lights in the house on from before dusk to after dawn. When I started to see things on a regular basis, I purchased a gun. Oh, Ted, get gun! Ted got it from gun. yeah, got it from an ad in the paper, so I didn't have to wait for a permit. Well, I went to the doctor, but didn't mention the details of my life. Just told him I couldn't relax, and I walked out of there with a prescription. Fortunately, my wounds and injuries were pretty much healed by this time. My back still hurt a little, but the prescription took care of that too. When I was on the medication, I felt great, but I didn't want to walk around high the rest of my life. So I would only take it at the end of a tough day. Unfortunately, the severity of the sightings increased, giving rise to a need for the medication. 
Like it's it's good. It's it's like a good like I took the like in, I mean I guess the fact is that this is probably written by an adult or someone with an actual talent for writing instead of just <laughs> a random twelve year old on the internet. Yeah, but like having like seeing a creepy story on the internet with an actual like decent representation of how the cycle of addiction happens and stuff. Yeah, um, is pretty pretty refreshing. Yeah, uh, like better than like better than like a lot of horror movies. Yeah, or, definitely. Like, handle it yeah the flashes in the corner of my eye continued but then i began to see shapes and shadows they would be outside the windows usually at night i still couldn't make out anything solid so it was hard to pin down what i was seeing soon i began to close all of my drapes and blinds so i could remove the possibilities of seeing something doing so did help in that respect but my life was still a mess my daily routine was a mechanic was mechanical and empty i would sleep in as long as i could usually out of exhaustion. Then I would get cleaned up and try to eat something. I lost a lot of weight, so I tried to get as much possi- as possible down me. Then I would exercise a little and nap a lot. Honestly, a lot better than my routine when I'm depressed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's doing more than I have done in the last three years, probably. It had only been... I'd only been out of the house a few times in the last two weeks. The store, the doctor, the gun purchase. I didn't watch much TV. Because I couldn't concentrate. God, it's it, like this is this uh, like I've been here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on the internet. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the same, yeah. <laughs> I was doing research on caves and cave myths. I found, uh, I found a community of people believing that there were children kidnapped by a mysterious cabal. Fuck off. <laughs> who extracted adrenochrome from their brains. The only story I could Dead find on. was the caver folklore about the Hodag. The Hodag was supposedly a creature that roams caves. Oh boy, let's go. Two weeks after we went into the cave, and a week after I began hearing things, I began to have nightmares. Extremely lucid nightmares. No specific theme or recurring events, just plain terrifying. Sometimes I was in my house and someone was trying to get me. Only I couldn't run because I had no legs. Other times I was in a vat and someone was pouring a syrup-like liquid on me, filling the vat I was incubating. Uh, oh, I was wait, just dating um, for 16 years, huh? Wait, can I get you to, real quick, look up a hodag? Absolutely, yeah, let's look up a fucking hodag. Uh, cause I love this thing. Oh my god, look at him! He's so cute! <laughs> what a cute little dude! He's my friend! He's just a little guy! Oh I my god! Thanks, Ted. The one for the picture from RoadsideAmerica.com. Yeah. I love him! He's like a little Pokemon! Yeah, I love you, Hodag. I love you, Hodag! Aww. <laughs> okay. Uh where was I? Um oh yeah, he was just eating. Uh I would wake up and I would wake up in a panic. I would stay awake until exhaustion forced me to enter Dreamland once again. A brutal routine. It continued for several days until it reached a climax on the sixth day, parentheses yesterday. My dream seemed so real I had a hard time telling if I was awake or not. I was beat, really drained of energy and spirit. I was going from the living room to my bedroom in the early evening when I looked down the hall and saw a dark figure toward the end. I thought it was a thief and began to back up slowly. It didn't move. As I was backing up, the lights flickered off and on. Every muscle was tense. 
I stopped to stare at the figure. Just then the phone rang. It startled me so bad I stumbled over the chair. When I got up, I wheeled around to look down the hall and nothing was there. I grabbed my keys and left the house. I felt compelled to get in the car and drive. My pulse pounded in my temples as I got in and started the car. I wanted to drive to Overlook Point to see the city lights. I didn't know why I needed to go there, but I knew I had to go. The closer I got, the more urgent the feeling. When I arrived at the point, I saw something that at first startled me, but then caused me to be more relaxed than I had been in a long time. Joe was there. He was out of his car, standing looking at the lights. We we looked at each other. I could see from the tired look on his face he had been going through the same miserable trial that I had been experiencing. He could tell from the look on my face that we shared some terrible experience. Our conversation was unbelievably brief. You've been back, he began, even though he knew the answer. Yes, we need to return. Tomorrow good, I asked. Yeah, noon. He got in his car and I got into mine. I hadn't even wanted to talk to him about his experience. Obviously, he didn't want to know mine. I drove over to B's house. When he answered the door, I thought that B actually looked like he was doing fine, somewhat happy. One look at me, and his disposition changed. Our conversation was also succinct. I ran into Joe, and we're going back in tomorrow at noon. B looked dead serious. He just nodded his head. I asked him if I could spend the night at his house. He eagerly let me in. I learned a slumber party. (laughs) Yeah. A sleepover. Yeah. I didn't notice until later, but every light in the house was turned on. He led me to his spare room. Help yourself. Thanks. I washed up in the bathroom, took some medication, and got the first decent sleep in a long time. I woke early in the morning and came home to get ready for the trip. I thought I would send out this update so no one will wonder what's going on with me. I suspect that by the time most of you read this, I will be back home with a good and we'll have a great story to tell. I promise that if you haven't heard from me by now, you will very shortly. It is now 10 a.m. on Saturday the 19th. We will be leaving for the cave in two hours. Famous last fucking words, right? Let's go. Preparing for this trip will be like no other trip I've been on. For the first time in my life, I will carry a gun into a cave. (laughs) (laughs) First time for everything. I carry the gun into the cave. I, I shoot the cave. <laughs> yeah. Damn you! You ruined my life! <laughs> Just shooting rocks? Yeah. <laughs> I will also carry a knife, an extensive first aid kit, plenty of food and water, and a camera. I will take several sources of light and a pad of paper and pencil. I will have to take all of my climbing rope since B lost his in the cave. I will carry a good length of rope with me on the other side of Floyd's tomb. This is the first time in three weeks I have heard any reference to Floyd's tomb. It sends shivers up my spine just typing it. There are so many things I hope to accomplish this day. So many answers I hope to find in a tiny passage hidden from view. Reflecting on the events leading up to today leaves me feeling dizzy. Was this all a bad dream? Unfortunately, I am wide awake. And still, in a few short hours... I will my I might face my nightmare. <gasps> the thought of having another person with me in the passenger in the passage does nothing to alleviate the fear I feel. I almost chuckle as I ponder the child a childish notion that we will have to consider. Who will enter the tomb first? Who will lead the way into the dark unknown? Who will decide 
when to turn back. Foremost among the questions in my mind is, what about the video camera that I left behind? Is it supposed to be able to record in complete darkness? I, th I left the thing running. So what might we find on the tape? Dark questions follow. What if the camera is gone? What if it is destroyed? What if a caveman has a camera? What, what if do a do with it? <laughs> what if what if the hodag had a camera? Aww. Put a little camera on that guy. Give him a GoPro. Let him film from his POV. It'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, hodag is the new official mascot of night. <laughs> well, not a Royce nightmare. Uh -huh. Please send me hodag art. Although it is difficult to put an exact name on my motivation, I think closure fits quite nicely. I need to find out a few things about this cave. The main thing, believe it or not, is to find the end of the cave. With all of the bizarre things I have witnessed these past few weeks, it would seem a bit trite to want, as a primary goal, to get to the end, but that is what I want. To be sure, I will be seeking other bits of knowledge along the way. If, however, I find the end to the main passage and an end to the passage hidden by the rock, I will be content to never return to the passage or the cave again. Never. I didn't think that closure would be such a big theme in the I forgot that it was such a thing when I sent you the, uh, the, the hmm, today I will feel catharsis thing. Um, it would seem to me that crawling headfirst through a tight passage into darkness is an unnatural thing, just like crawling up the side of a cliff for recreation. We're jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, floating to the ground. We do these things to satisfy our hunger for adventure. This subco this is very like uh, like Higurashi. <laughs> this, this subconscious getting, desire getting big Ted's caving vibes from this. Yeah, the subconscious desire to conquer our own little Everest, as B is fond of saying, caving is the last opportunity for exploration for the person with modest means. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> True. Damn, you're right. True.jpg. <laughs> just a short drive from just about anywhere in the country is a cave waiting to be explored. Even a cave well known amongst the general public can be approached by someone for the first time as an adventure, something new, something to overcome. Because it's there. It sure is. Many of you don't agree with my decisions to pursue this cave. I know this from the messages I have received. I'm afraid I don't have a choice. If I am ever to experience restful slumber, I must return. If I am ever to walk the halls of my own home in peace, I must return. If I am ever to exit the overworld and enter the subterranean world of a cave, I must now return. I no longer feel that I have a choice. I must return. For my family and friends who are reading this, I say, be at peace. <coughs> I will conquer this cave. Then I will return and update this website immediately. T Ted, you gotta kick this cave's butt! I will include any photo is take in the cave today. And if you stop by the house, I will show you the video that I, I will have. Expect me to be home later tonight, or tomorrow at the latest. See all of you soon, with a lot of answers. Love, Ted. And then the, yeah. the link says next, but it just next, takes us back to this page. it takes you back to the Love same Ted page. Not. <laughs> Love, Ted, not. God Love, damn it, Ted. Love, <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Ah, That's Ted's Ted. caving page. We did That's it. That's Ted's caving page. Ted's be caving as it happens. Ted's, yeah. When you think about it, Ted's I be love, caving. I love how it ends. It's good. Like, it's it, really it's kind fucking of, good. Yeah, it's kind of like played out nowadays. To have, but it, it's executed so well. Like, he, yeah. like it really paints a picture of him thinking like, oh, he, he's he's going to be fine. He's going to. Yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to. I need to go here. 
and experience closure. Yeah, he's saying, I gotta do this I'll for be me. Fine. Yeah. And he establishes that by no means is he okay because yeah. <laughs> he's like so certain he's going to upside the website as soon as he gets out. Yep. Yeah. Poor Ted. I'm saluting him. So, saluting Ted, saluting B, saluting Joe. At least, yeah, at least at least they they died as they live. Dudes rock. <laughs> um, <laughs> they died as dudes rocking. Yeah. I hope I hope B's dog is is okay. Um, oh yeah, someone needs to feed his dog. <laughs> yeah, who's gonna feed who's gonna feed B's dog? Well, tragic. Hopefully we'll find pay out. <laughs> the dog is going to pay the mortgage. <laughs> Don't leave the dog with a mortgage. You can't do that. Um. All right. Well, that is Ted. That's let's Ted, take a look. That's Ted, baby. Let's let's answer some questions. I, I certainly have quite a few. Uh, don't we all? Uh, if you have questions, you can send them uh, to at nightmareanera underscore on Twitter. Uh, our first question comes from friend of the show Dan at bigger bigger challenge who says. Listening to part one, it struck me just how much of this story focuses on guys being dudes and how it endangers them. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Should more horror stories explore toxic masculinity? Absolutely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think they got I mean, it. Yeah. Like, I, all the ones that do, and do it well, are pretty well liked. They, you got your, your Silence Hill. Uh-huh. You got your Ted's Caving page. <laughs> I don't this- know if Ted... I don't. Yeah, I, I was no, gonna I say. Think, like this is very dude rock. This is it's, not very yeah. toxic masculinity. This is positive masculinity. This is just these guys being like, dudes and having is, a good time. Yeah, I mean they did die. They did die. But um. But it, I don't think they had a great time doing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they're not hurting anybody. Yeah, exactly. The only person they're hurting is themselves. I, I think it is simply the fact that they rock too hard. They um, rock the fuck out fatally. Yeah. Yep. I think by the end of it, the thing that's really destructive to them, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, um, you can see it as a metaphor, like an anti-colonialist metaphor, sort of. Like, 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 it, it, like people have this will to explore and delve deep and, and they, but like within the realm of the unknown comes consequences that you aren't prepared to deal with. And yeah, they they want so bad for this thing to be their thing that they claim for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And once they do, like, if they don't <laughs> like what's out, they don't know what's in there. And once they find out and they don't like it, they can't take it back. Yeah. It's pretty they fucking can- good. Yeah. Um, next question comes from a friend of the show previous guest, Stephen at Marshmallow, who asks, what do you all think happened to Ted anyway? What would be the what would be the wildest ending for this thing? Given and also given the given this past month, what if it was Jeff the Caver instead of Ted? Oh, I mean, Jeff I the Caver. I don't. It doesn't feel very good. <laughs> uh, I think Ted's fucking dead, but it would yeah, be pretty wild if he was just kind of okay. Yeah, just kind of he he and his thruple. Uh, <laughs> Him and his two uh, boyfriends. Yeah, his two boyfriends went down there and lived happily with the cave monster. <laughs> and like he's like, hey guys, uh, Ted here. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to give you an update. Uh, <laughs> what if, I mean, like it would be wild if Ted was like um, Linus Tech Tips. Like, because we don't <laughs> know it's actually Ted. And like, what if he's just like a famous YouTuber now? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, if, what if he's Scott the Waz? <laughs> 
he came out on the other side and he's mad pat now. Oh god. What if horrible thing. I really like to I like to imagine if, that huh? What if Ted is chills? And that's why <gasps> Chills has such like a, a, a burger game, but like, because he's like because he can't feel anything. So it's That's what it is! Oh my god. Mystery yeah. solved. Ted become chills. Actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm just he gonna go back. Yeah, yeah. He emerges from the cave of baby. And <laughs> the baby is chills. The baby is chills. Three men, one go come in, one baby come out. <laughs> chills is the product of three men and the hodag yeah. entering into a cave and coming out on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Um Alright, next question comes from friend of the show, Jasmine Marsh at Pidmon, who asks, If you had to adapt the story to a visual novel, how would you handle the claustrophobia parts? This oh. is neat. Oh, you know Higurashi. Stop. <laughs> um, oh, you know Higurashi. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, like sort of sound novel style, where just, like, the entire screen is black and it's just white text. Um, maybe I would maybe parse the text, like... So, like, have it, so, like, if it was, like, a sound novel, so the text fills the entire screen before it scrolls over to the next page, mm-hmm. and kind of switch it up and just have it in the middle of the page and parse it in smaller chunks. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, like if you're gonna have an image and not go with just, like, black, like, make it very, make it a very crowded image, like... The, the characters, who I'm, who I'm assuming are Ted and B, possibly Joe, those are your, your routes, um, just, like, crowded into the, the image. Yeah, but them just, like, taking up the entire screen. Or something like, just, like, the images in this of the, the actual photos of inside of the cage are very, or the cave are very claustrophobia-inducing, mm-hmm. I think. So, like, I feel like there could be a way you could adapt that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. It's good. Uh, next question comes from friend of the show Milk at Milk Succubus One, who says, "I haven't read the rest, but I assume it turns into a steamy threesome with Ted, his buddy, and one of the creatures from the Descent. If you were going to erotically bone down with a creepypasta character, who would you pick and why?" Uh, hmm. 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 See, my problem with this is that most of the creepypasta characters are like children because they have to be twisted yeah. to be murderers, um, and I'm not going to do that because I'm an adult. Well, we have Slender Man. It's in his. There name. is Slender Man. There's Slender Woman. There's Slender Woman. Yeah. I think um, I'm gonna have to just by default. I'm gonna have to go with Slender Woman because I'm not gonna, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Must a tentacle have a gender? Must a tentacle have a gender? Um, I think the rake. <laughs> the rake. <laughs> Yo, what that rake do? What? You find out why exactly they call him the rake. Yeah. Hey, hey. And not- <laughs> um, SCP-173, I'm not taking my eyes off of you. <laughs> See, that's a question for one of these days. Somebody's gonna ask us which SCP we would fuck. Oh, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. There's, there's plenty pro- of them. Yeah. There's too many. There's tons of slime. Tons <laughs> If it's slime, you gotta fuck it, sorry. You gotta fuck it, so yeah. It's my, yeah. I don't make these decisions. Yeah, I'm not the one making the rules, I just follow them. Is the Onesler creepypasta? Is the Onesler creepypasta? I wouldn't fuck him, but he's scary to me. Anyway. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Onesler creepypasta. Oh, you know. You know these Onesler creepypasta, are you kidding me? <laughs> Creepler? 
The Creepler. The Creepler. Creepler, who is usually called Creep, became an active blog on June 9th in 2012. He is often classified as one of the creepy onceslers living up to his name, dot dot. His, the, monitor wish, the moderator wishes to remain mostly anonymous. However, there's no, no huge secret in regards to who they are. It is not often, however, that there are many out-of-character responses in, or posts made. Blah, 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 fucking whatever. Um, the, none of this is about what this fucking idiot is is actually like due mostly in part to creepler's fan base showing dismay and general sadness over his de-oncelerization a plot was set in motion to bring him back on february 28th 2014 triggered by the death of macabler i don't want to read i don't want to learn more about this right now this <laughs> this sounds like an episode in itself that's uh, true you know what yeah yeah i do yeah i do need to look i do need to do an episode about oncler just yeah. kind of Wunzler in general. Anyway. I don't, I don't know if you can have me on for that one. I don't know if you can take it. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm sure somebody will be more than willing. Yeah. Um, Alright, next question is from the Luna. One, you at, could probably do like a 120 days of solemn situation with the Russian sleep experiment. You know what? <laughs> but we won't go into that. <laughs> the Russian solo experiment. Yeah. Um, if Ted got, uh, oh, blah, blah, blah. this is from Luna at Luna underscore Blepsbian, who's asked, if Ted got invited to live in the big creepypasta mansion, who would he choose to be roommates with? God, I don't think he'd like any of them. Yeah, he's just a guy. Don't make <laughs> like, him live isn't, there. Isn't the creepypasta mansion usually for the monsters and not the victims? Exactly. Yeah, Ted's a victim. It's the it's the hodag or whoever. I don't want the hodag to live there either. Yeah, he deserves better than this. They already have a pet anyway. They have fucking smiled on. Yeah, fuck the creepy pasta mansion, yo. I fucking hate the slender mansion. It's overpriced anyway. You know that guy charges way too much for rent. Yeah, and in two thousand, Slenderman is a landlord. He's got a slender landlord. Ted's got a a good six years before the housing market, the housing bubble bursts. (laughs) Yeah, Ted's doing fine. Mm Hmm. Uh, final question comes from friend of the show, Rainer, at Gigantic Larry, also known as Among Stankus, uh, who, <laughs> who asks, You are tasked to rescue someone missing in a cave and can enlist the help of any two creepypasta characters. Who's your picks? Um, Slenderman. Mm. Yeah, he, he's got reach. He's got good enough reach and he's thin. Uh, so. what's the one who has the, the drill nose? Oh, um, uh, uh. Laughing Jack. Laughing Jack, I could use his nose as a drill to <laughs> kind of dremel away at the rocks and, get, and help, help, help widen the passage. You know what? That's actually a good call. <laughs> and Slenderman's long, uh, tentacly out arms could go and, and reach in. It's true. Yeah. Is there any, are there, are there creepypasta guys who can like phase through matter? Because I feel like that could help. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I can't think of any off the top SCP of my head. SCP-173 would be good, because all Ted would need to do is not look at him. And then, <laughs> uh, the other, the bad part being that he would murder him. That's true. Um, uh, um there, uh, what is it? SCP-096 is kind of, works in the same way. You show, you show Ted a photo of him, and he'll make his way to him just real easy. <laughs> yeah. Just rush, rush straight to him. Um, but once mm. again, the problem is that Ted will die. Die, um, yeah. That's, That's the, the problem, problem with a lot of creepypasta stuff. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, hmm. I, I mean, it's definitely Slenderman and somebody. I think Slenderman and, and Laughing Jack is is kind of the way to go. It's the drill nose. Yeah. That's a genius it's call. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, let me Jeff say, can't even beat the Joker. What the fuck can he do? Uh, yeah, useless. Jeff, 
Jeff means nothing to me under these circumstances. No. No. Um, but yeah, that's those are our questions. Hooray. Hooray, and that's episode. So, oh. at last. Um, so, closure. closure. So, for, for final closure, uh, not a Roy's Nightmare and Era, and me in general, I have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash not a Roy. There's tiers. There's two, five, ten, and twenty dollars. Uh, if we get to one hundred fifty dollars, we can talk more about funny SCPs. Yeah. Um, please. Uh, thank you first, but thank you to everybody in my uh, media and grande tiers. Thank you to Antigone Progany, Dan Mike Dawson Silva, Eddie and Brooks, Big Fat Bunt, Doctor B Dandy, Tuster McGee, Christina Lore, Morg at Haunting the Morg, and Cassidy. Thank you so much for your support. Good people. Good people. Thank you also to Noisepace.xyz for being the podcast network that hosts this podcast, as well as a lot of other good ones. Yeah, including one one called Zero to Zero. Zero to Zero! Uh, wherein you can hear us talk about uh, who wants to be a superhero, and then the works of Zack Snyder and his contributions <laughs> to the DC Extended Universe. Um... Please listen to Zero to Zero. It's so good. Including Justice League, The Snyder Cut, um, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Hell and yes. Coming soon, Man of Steel. Let's um, go. You can also listen to uh, a, a little podcast called uh, Kyle X Y, which yeah. I think we need to give credit to because we use a voice that they do a lot yeah. uh, for a good part of this episode. And Kyle um, XY is also very good. Kyle XY is a good show. Yep. Watch it. You can also find Giga's art on the uh, as the art of it. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi. We were just talking about Kyle oh, hey. XY. <laughs> Did you actually want me to join this call? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, but like half an hour ago. Yeah, you, you missed can, your you opportunity. Can, you can oh, stay. Oh, no. Yeah. We're, we're right this in the middle the of thank- Yeah. We're right in the yeah. middle of thanking Kyle XY for being a good podcast, so... Oh, Unfortunately, we'll have to edit it out because we don't have a recording <laughs> of you. I'm recording. Oh, you're recording? <laughs> oh, you're Seth? recording? I am recording. <laughs> Should I leave? No! You can hang No, you're out. fine. You want to you wanna do the outro with us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the episode's over. The episode's just about over. Yeah, we were, we were doing all of Ted's, like, memory commentary and funny Kyle voice... So, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> well, I missed the ad. I was playing Great Ace Attorney. It's a good game. What case are you on? Three. Anyway, I don't need to totally derail this. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, Sasaki Natsume. I haven't um, met him yet. Oh, okay. Spoilers. Well, well <laughs> I guess I'll let you get on with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make Thank sure you, you send me your yeah. recording. Yeah. Uh, Bye. Thank you for making Kyle XY stand Bye. by. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's um, good. <laughs> um, fear baiting. Yeah, fear baiting. Um, uh, what's updated recently? Um, uh, there's a new podcast about uh, the Legend of Zelda franchise called Twink's Awakening, which is so fucking good. That's good. <laughs> um, podcasting is forbidden in quad recesses. Yeah, that's a podcast. If you want to hear me some more, uh, we're talking about the 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 Donghuas actually just started again with season three, oh, and we cool. just recorded the first episode about the first episode of that last night, and I'm going to post that hopefully today. Fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. We love it. Uh, yeah, there's lots of podcasts. Something for everybody. Yeah, um, something for everybody. 
They love it. Unless um, you're a loser. Yeah. Unless you have no hobbies or interests. Um, jokes on you. You'll listen to this one right now. Yeah, idiot. What about okay. it? Yeah. I'm Roy. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Benui underscore arm or on my website, RoyHub.card.co. That's where I have art and shit, whatever. Giga, where can we find you in? You can find me on Twitter at Gigalithic. Uh, and I do art sometimes. You can find the art I do in a game called Paradise Killer. Fuck it's yes. It's both on Steam and on the Nintendo Wii Shop for the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Wii Shop for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's on the Nintendo Wii Store. Um, <laughs> it's on Virtual Console. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I don't have anything. <laughs> Alright, well next time, uh, on our next episode, I'm hearing reports that Bart is still not dead. Fuck! <laughs> I thought I got rid of that piece of shit. That <laughs> Try spiky-headed <harder>. motherfucker. <laughs> That little rascal. Bart's Giga. not dead. Bart's not dead. Can I get a That's a Scary Meatball? That's a Scary Meatball. Let's go. All right. Semper scary, folks. Semper scary. Bye. Yeah.